It's green for go. They're racing. He says go. He says Tara. And Tiger Tara rolls away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism at its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race. The rest are almost in another post. She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat. A miracle three-peat. Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangle. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sunday Session here on the Sprint Lane podcast series for Harness Racing New South Wales. My name is Greg Hayes and I'm ready to talk harness racing for the next 30 minutes or so. It has been a great week of harness racing with one big milestone reached and the official start of the carnival at Club Menangle with the running of the Hondo Grattan Stakes as horses attempt to qualify for the Chariots of Fire at the beginning of next month. Well, speaking of Clubman Angle, great to see another two people inducted as Clubman Angle legends on Saturday night, Bert Alley and Steve Turnbull. Steve Turnbull's going to join me on the podcast today. We're going to reminisce about the old Harold Park days, and importantly, I'll get the chance to congratulate him on the honour. He has been driving and training horses for 50 years and has had a remarkable career. He and his wife, Jenny, have had a very successful time in the sport in saying that. His whole family have kicked plenty of goals in the sport. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Steve today. He'll join me first up. One question I do want to ask him, is there anything he still has a desire to do in the sport of harness racing? So make sure you stick around for the chat. Also today I'm going to speak with Jack Callaghan. Big night for him at Menangle with a double. One win was a lot easier than the other. Don't Stop Dreaming brained them in the Hondo Grattan and booked himself a spot in the Chariots of Fire. He got the perfect run and exploded when Jack asked him to go. And I'm looking forward to catching up with Jack about his other winner, Mac Da Vinci. Now, he had to contend with a lengthy stewards hearing to hang on to that race with a protest second against first lodged. Bondi lockdown was second and there was no doubt Mac Da Vinci got tired in the straight and shifted up the track. And the margin was only small, but the stewards were of the belief that the shift didn't cause significant interference or enough to change the result anyway. So Jack Callaghan is going to join me as well. I know that this podcast largely concentrates on what is happening in New South Wales with a significant spotlight on Clubman Angle meetings on a Saturday night, but it wouldn't be right to go much further without mentioning Chris Alford and his feat of 8,000 winners. Chris is another veteran that has been around the sport longer than he would care to admit. I've had a little bit to do with Chris, especially when I was working with Sky and covering all of the feature races around the country. He's a thorough gentleman, always had time for a chat and was always happy to sit down and chew the fat about the game of harness racing. I sent him a quick uh, text after he drove his 8,000th winner and he messaged me back to say thanks for the message late on uh, the night. Um, complete not a legend in the sport. He deserves every bit of publicity that comes his way after the win the other night. So congratulations to Chris Alford with 8,000 career winners. What else is on the show this week? Well, the Menangle Express is back when I look at all of the races at Menangle and see if I can spot a future winner. Mr. T is back with some more tips for us. Him and I go head-to-head in this weekly tipping challenge. I got a winner this week, and so did he. So we'll have an update and some more tips a little later in the podcast. I'll have an update for you in fantasy harness racing. I think I've got too much of my salary cap wrapped up in the Sydney drivers, struggling to move up the ladder, but I'll talk about that later in the show. Time to get into the podcast. My first guest, Steve Turnbull. (music) 
Clubman Angle, they added two more legends to their long list of legends. One was Bert Alley, the other one was Steve Turnbull. And uh, Steve Turnbull's joining me to have a chat. Congratulations on the um, recognition, Steve, of being a, becoming a Clubman Angle legend. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Yeah, it was a great honour. Mate, um, it's something that, you know, people don't get into the sport for these accolades, but when, when you do um, get, you know, get given one, it's a pretty special night. Oh, for sure. You, you grow up um, just um, like they were my heroes, so a lot of those people on that, like Dick Cross, Kevin Newman, Paul Fitzpatrick, uh, all those fellas were... Uh, Joe Ilse, all in fellas, and as a young bloke, you you just used to watch them, and um, when you get to Harold Park and helping Dad out, and then watching them and uh, how professional and everything they were, and, and they always figured eighty years. So um, yeah, it was just uh, unreal to be up there with them. Um, Fifty years this year since you dr- dr- since you drove your first winner at, at Harold Park. Does it feel that long ago? Jeez. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, that, yeah, you're right. Yep. Does it? Does it? But does uh, it? Does, does it, it feel, feel that? Long? Yeah. Um. Oh, health's probably never been better than right through. Um. Yeah, it's a young bloke. I used to get asthma and eczema. And God knows what. I'm allergic to horses, believe it or not. Really? And uh, yeah, and uh, oh, mainly the horse hair and the dandruff in them uh, stirs me up a bit. Yep. Um. But then, um, yeah, and then I had a few bad falls over the years, but um, like me helps real good now, touch wood, going good. It was a special night for the family, obviously Hondo Grattan night at Clubman Angle, and, and did it was, a, it was a surprise, wasn't it? You had no idea what, what was going on tonight? Not really, not to, uh, like I said, not till I actually walked up to the room to have a meal with it, and... Uh, I thought we just had a table of the family because of Hondo Gratton night. And then when I saw about four tables and friends and family and that, I thought something big weird going on here. The, the, the girls did really well to keep it all a secret. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was unreal. But especially like different ones. I, I even uh, a bloke called Peter Nugent, I give him a bit of a serve last week about it and said, I can't believe it, I'm not in it. And I said, I've got the same badge as Dad and everything, and they still won't put me up there. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, I'll leave it with me. And, and I actually saw him on Thursday night at a, at a meeting and, and said, how did you get on? And he said, yeah, it'll be right. I think it'll be right. <laughs> and, that, and I thought, no, oh, here we go again. I feel like telling them all to go to hell. <laughs> but anyhow, they got me. They got you. Um, mate. So, you know, as you said, you, you've had a look at all the people that are in there and, and you know, you idolised a lot of them growing up. Um, That's right. Looking back at your career, you know, Smooth Satin, is he the standout? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, when we first group one with a horse called Smooth Dixie was a great thrill. Um, she sort of went from my boy to the bush to thinking, well, we can mix it with the good ones one day. Um and then, then when socks come home, uh, uh, come into view, um, it was just changed their lives really. He won all those big races. Uh, Two thousand and one, wasn't it? When he won all, he, he won all those big races in the space of twelve months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was four, four of the big ones, and um, yeah, it was a, 
but he was always running places and up there in the other big ones. He was always competitive, which, um, yeah, give us a, we lived the dream for about five or six years, yeah. How, how much pride do you get from watching your family now involved in the sport? Yeah, it's unreal. Um, it's, it's funny of a morning sometimes. It's, it's a bit hectic. And I actually was jogging a lot the other morning and my jogger holds 12 and um, Jenny come over with another one that holds 12. Josh's holds 12. <laughs> and um, Nathan's held eight. And Manda had eight on the track all at once, there were. So I pulled up and jumped up on the water cart and just took a, a video of them all lined up. Yeah. <laughs> and about all that happened, I got into trouble for holding everybody up. <laughs> and, but, and, uh, yeah, keep going. Yeah, sorry. Uh, there was about, uh, so there was about 50-odd horses in a 400-metre track. So, uh, But it all works well. It all works well. And now you know it's it's another generation um, coming through too with uh, with with your grandkids getting involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jet's going enormous, and um, and then we uh, oh well, we had um, Chloe and up in Queensland, and um, she was sort of Jack's like being a stepson to us. So um, yeah, there's a new generation coming through now, and they they've been going really good. What about you? Like, how long do you want to keep going at it for? Oh, I'm living the dream at the moment. I uh, get up early and work horses till about 11. And uh, we usually got the main hobbling and all the jogging done then. Um, and I've got um, uh, Mitch and um, Louise work for me and um, they, they sort of finish up and then I can go over the farm and goof around. I've got about 100 breeders over there, me and Cindy own them. And, um, so that means you've got about 200 head of cattle as well. Have a, go over there and relax, and it's pretty quiet time. Cows don't give me much trouble, so it's good. <laughs> and how many horses are you working yourself? Uh, we, we're down to about thirty now. Um, yeah, so but that's just a good number with the four of us counting Jenny, and um, she comes over and jogs a couple of lots and things like that. And um, yeah, that's just a good number to take it a bit easier. The, the main thing I've uh, cut down on. Um, is the travelling. Uh, Mitch does the bush runs and Manda and Mitch will um, come to Menangle if we get something good enough. Yeah. What What about the difference, say, back in, you know, back when Smooth Satin and, and all those horses before him, um, what's the difference between Harold Park to Menangle now? Do you have to have a different horse to be successful? <sighs> I, I think so. Um, see, the old days... Um, yeah, I, I see. And now it's all about speed, and I, I think, and um, I, I, yeah, was, the old days of um, like you just suck along the fence and um, and push around a bit and goof around a bit on the top turn and a bit of skill and that. And uh, uh, whereas Menangles more just go out and uh, it's more speed racing, and uh, that probably doesn't suit me as much. Um, but yeah, we still get the odd horse that that have that have done good there, and um, yeah. So you just got to take what you got. But I, I do think you've got to have a pretty pretty good good horse to win at the angle at the moment. Um, I was 
I think I was MC the night they inducted you into the um, Hall of Fame for Harness Racing New South Wales, and then and then tonight you've been inducted as a as a club um, an angle legend. Um, mate, is there is there anything in the sport left that you want to do? Uh, I'd like to win a derby. I've never won a derby. I've been in front of a few places, but um, yeah, that's probably if I could train a winner of a derby, it'd be good. Um, but other than that, I was pretty happy with the way things went. Yeah, and and well, Nathan got one up on you last year, didn't he? With uh, yeah, with the yeah. best. He got a derby, and uh, my brother-in-law Pete Rickson, he just gives it to me because I think he won three or four with the vice. Uh, yes, he did. Um, yeah, so he stirs me up a bit. Well, mate. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it'd be a nice race to win, but Derby, Derby's eluded me for sure. Are you guys still going to the sales and buying horses? Yeah, yeah, probably not as much. I probably used to have about a dozen clients once walking around, and uh, used to get a bit of hectic at the sales. But last year, I bought, I, I sold a horse to America and had a few bobs, so I, I dabbled in a few and. Um, four or five out of the year on sales last year that I own myself. So hopefully if they can come through, we can uh, make a bit of a living with that as well. I've lost a few of the bigger clients, um, and um, but um, yeah, you've got, got more of me, uh, my own and uh, shares now. So I'm enjoying it. So just hopefully they can keep winning a few and keep us going. Well, mate, congratulations on being uh, inducted into uh, as a as a clubman angle legend. Um, fantastic honour, deserved. Should have come earlier, but mate, congratulations. Well done. No, thanks very much, Greg. Good on you. for that half and they near the turn. It's Captain's Knock. It's where he wants to be. He's out in front and on his Pat Malone at the moment. Our Vinny's running a mighty race in second spot. Under pressure next of all as they turn as Rock and Roll Hammer. Don't stop dreaming. Brought to the outside. Is about to let down. And behind those runners then is on deadline. And sooner the better's running on as well. Captain's Knock has been joined by Don't Stop Dreaming. And in a blistering turn of foot, Don't Stop Dreaming has put pay to them. It's coming on with the job down the outside sooner the better and running a mighty race it was our Vinny but when the line has reached it's don't stop dreaming for the money don't stop dreaming first second will go the way of our Vinny maybe captain's knock third and those in front of sooner the better good night for Jack Callaghan on Saturday night couple of winners two of the feet well the two feature races he took out the Hondo Grattan Stakes with don't stop dreaming he's joining me to have a chat congratulations Jack well done yeah thanks Hayley. it was a good night Pretty impressive for four-year-old that Mark Burton's got his hands on. Don't stop dreaming. We saw him perform really well in the Hunter Cup um, last week, and then he comes out and did that last night. Very impressive. Yeah, he's a really quality horse. This bloke, he, he's got a great record, and um, you know, especially over the last six months, he's really stepped up the the open class horses now, and he's pretty lightly raced. So I think the best of him yet to come. You were able to get him off the gate pretty well, and then everything worked into place nicely. You got some cover from the thousand, and he and he just looked to relax so well. Yeah, like pretty well, like all Mark's horses, you know, he just perfectly managed. Um, friendly versatile came off the gate really well without being asked, and then got a bit of cover, and he just dropped the bit. And when you called on him, he just 
had an unbelievable turn of foot. Yeah, that was when you tipped and rolled. Like he was, he was there in two strides. Like he just got to um, captain's knock so quickly. Yeah, for sure. He, you know, as I, as you said, when I tipped him out, he knew what his job was and just put him straight to bed and then kind of just coasted to the line, which was, you know, good for him to have not too hard to run. He's had a pretty big couple of weeks. Um, obviously travelling from New Zealand to Melbourne, then up to Sydney, and he's raced three times in three weeks in that period as well. So it's uh, good for him now to have a few weeks break between uh, the chariots. Um, how did the the drive come about? Did you just get the phone call from the Purdens to say, can, can you drive on Saturday night? Is that is that how it works? Yeah, pretty much. I was actually listed on Waratahloo and then... Um, Friday afternoon, just got a message and asked if I'd be able to drive him. So um, jumped at the opportunity. Obviously, it was a massive honour to be able to drive for Mark and Nathan. You know the whole All Stars team. So um, yeah, I was just a bit surprised and quite honoured actually. Um, what about Mac Da Vinci, the second of your wins? You, you had to work for that one in the stewards' room, but um, that was a, a good performance. Yeah, I was really happy with him. He um, you know, did a little bit of work early and then got a really nice time of it in front um, and then ripped home a really good back half and fought well to hold off a really nice horse in Bondi Lockdown as well. So uh, he was back to his best last night. Those tactics that you decided to come up with at the start to go forward, is that something you, you sat down with Peter Hansen and discussed or was it just a, I, I reckon the best thing to do here is get forward and... and you know, take rock and roll Dewey out of play. No, I actually told Peter Nona that I was going back, so it was a <laughs> bit of a, you know, spur of the moment thing. I, I'd actually restrained him off the gate early and then noticed rock and roll Dewey didn't come out as quick as I expected. So uh, when you're on, you know, really good horses with um, good change-up speed like him, it's you know, it makes your job a lot easier and, you know, you can just kind of kiss them up and they'll just whip forward, you know, really easily and then he came back to me really well as well. So um, he's just a really beautiful horse and um, hopefully he can step up to the big ones over the carnival. You guys shot the lights out the last 800 metres, um, a very fast last 800. The horse just getting a little bit tired in the straight when he when he worked towards Bondi Lockdown? Yeah, probably a little bit, but he was probably entitled to as well. I, you know, I knew that um, sometimes one day lockdown can just have a tendency to drop the bit around the 500 in his races. So I thought um, I'd try and get away from him a bit. And then just the last, you know, 50 to 100, he was probably getting a little bit tired as well as Bondo lockdown picking up. So, um you know, both horses race really well, but happy to come away with the win. How was it in the stewards' room with the boss um, on the second horse? Did it uh, did it get testy, or were you pretty confident that you'd hold the race? No, I was always pretty confident. You know, I, I never got inside his line. Um, you know, both horses just kind of moved up the track, and there was, you know, no real need for Luke to stop driving his horse or check off me or anything like that. So I was always fairly confident. 
Um, mate, last week in the Hunter Cup, uh, Spirit of St. Louis finished sixth. Um, the horse is going very well. Um, always, you know, he just holds that form and he's in, into the Nullarbor. So another trip west might be coming your way. Yeah, that was exciting to see. He's uh, got another slot for that race. He obviously ran second last year and went really close. And, um, you know, it was a great opportunity over there and had a really good time. So uh, hopefully we can get back over there again in a couple months. Mate, I, I, reading the story that uh, Adam put out, um, the horse has been, well, the horse is going to America. So the Nullarbor will be his last run in Australia. A bit of a, a sad time for you because you have had such a, a good relationship with the horse. Yeah, that's right. It's just one of those things. Um, obviously, uh, the owners, Aaron Bain and Jamie, with the Summer Bloodstock and they're um, really expanding their business and uh, starting to race a fair few horses up there. And I think, you know, this bloke um, kind of getting a little bit older in age and he's a really good miler as well. So I think, um, you know, the American style of racing would really suit him. And, you know, obviously it would be sad to see him go from my perspective, but in turn I'm just... Uh, really happy that I've been able to have this connection with him for a few years now, and um, I'll look forward to seeing him race up there. Do you think is, is he the horse that put you on the map, Spirit of St. Louis? Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, probably the first one to kind of put me in a few bigger races was out of Orlando. Um, I ran third in the Inter Dominion on him. Oh, I think I was. 19 or 20 at the time, so that was a massive thrill. And then, you know, probably a month after that was when I drove through to St. Louis for the first time and um, haven't really been off him since. So, um, yeah, I love the horse and he's been huge for my career. Mate, just quickly, I noticed you drive, drove a couple of the trials the other day at Menangle and they're in at uh, Bathurst on Wednesday. Um, Chicago Bart for Luke, um, pretty impressive trial winner. Yep, he tried really good. He had one start as a two-year-old and won his cube right up in Bridgman. Had a little freshen up um, and come, seems to come back well, so he should be in for a nice campaign. And Snow Hunter as well um, in race number two on Wednesday, another impressive trialer. Yeah, she did impress me. I didn't know a lot about her. Um, we haven't had her that long and I hadn't driven her at home, but... Um, she tried really well, so I'd expect her to be really hard to beat on Wednesday. You obviously, you know, you, you head home towards Newcastle a bit to drive. Do you, do you get to Bathurst often? No, not too often. It's, uh, you know, it's probably a, one of the harder places to actually get catch drives, just more so because of, um, like, how big the families are out there. There's, you know, obviously there's plenty of Turnbulls, so... When the Turnbull horses are in, they're mostly using other Turnbulls as their driver and then there's Hewitts and, you know, it's hard to probably get in with a few of them stables just purely on that. But, um, you know, mostly I'm only going out there to drive horses that I've driven for in Sydney that are kind of making a trip out there. But I do really like racing out there. It's a really good track and I'm always competitive and fair racing, so it'll be good to get out there. All right, mate. Well, congratulations with the double last night. Um, good job and good uh, good luck going forward. 
No worries. Thanks, Greg. Time for the Menangle Express. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time, this is the segment where I review every race on the Saturday night and tell you what I saw and the horses to follow into the future. Race one, favourite was Arden's ace at $3.60 in a wide open race. Uh, He showed his customary speed off the gate, crossed to the front before immediately looking for cover, as is the norm. There were four horses across the track looking to attack, but it was Last Tango in Heaven who found the front and held off the challenges. They settled down on the pegs with Last Tango in Heaven in front of Arden's ace, Heavenly Holly, Sahara Sirocco and Dark Terror, while the running line was Old Luke, Sporty Dancer, Cassius Deck, Little Bliss and Roll Up. They ran through the first three quarters in 27-1, 29-2 and 28. The leader got a cheap breather through the middle half, kicked away on the turn and turned it into a dash up the straight. Arden's ace took a while to warm up, but knuckled down late. Never looked like catching last tango in heaven. Heavenly Holly held on for third. Sahara Sirocco was fourth. Importantly, all peg, uh, Peg's horses. Best run on horse from the back was Little Bliss. Decided not to use her off the arm tonight, and she showed good speed home. Final quarter, 26-9. They went 151.2. Race number two, the favourite was Stravinsky at $1.70, who was looking to go back-to-back after dominating last week. Speed early, and I thought it was going to be a race to the pegs before Stravinsky rolled to the front, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Rocker Coco led early before handing over to You Betcha Tiger Pie, and then Stravinsky savaged You Betcha Tiger Pie but couldn't get the lead. They ran early, 26-8, 27-6, 28-6. Maybe Mick Stanley hasn't been watching the Menangle replays because Stravinsky has set up a pattern of leading and running along. I know You Betcha Tiger Pie is normally driven aggressively as well, but... You betcha Tiger Pie would have had the perfect drop on the leader, but Stanley obviously believed the best his best chance was to hold. Um, on the marker pegs, it was You Betcha Tiger Pie, Rocococo, Celestial Gossip, and Give Me Five Minutes More. The running line was Stravinsky, hands on Sir Richard Lee and Nicholas Cage. Turning for home, You Betcha Tiger Pie was gone, rolled off the inside, giving Rocococo a run, and the two Kerry Ann Morris runners, hands on and Sir Richard Lee, came around the leaders for the last crack. Sir Richard Lee was able to power home over the top of hands on, who finished second. Stravinsky, brave third after being parked. Celestial Gossip was fifth. He had to ease around runners. I was expecting a more explosive finish. 151.3 for the mile. Home in 28.3. They were pretty tired. Race number three was over the 2300 metres. The short price favourite in the race was Baxter Red at $1.95. There was speed early from the one, the four and the five, but it was St. Verin who held the front at big odds. Baxter Red was trapped outside the leader. That gave Reactor Factor the 1-1 one, one early. Um, on, on the pegs, it was St. Verin, McCrikey, Carlo Gambino and Sheffield Sparky. The running line was Baxter Red, Reactor Factor, Yahoo, Freddie Singh, Soho Moonraker and Kalara Juggernaut. The lead time was 48.9 and the speed remained solid. 29.5, 28.8, 28.6 through the first three quarters. There were no moves until they straightened with the runners fanning as they swung into the straight. Cam Hart came away from the markers on Carlo Gambino and looked for runs and when McCrikey started to tire, Hart pushed back underneath Yahoo and Freddie Singh and had to last crack. Got there in the shadows of the post, Carlo Gambito, to beat Yahoo and Freddie Singh. He's a funny horse, Carlo Gambino, because you can't follow him with any great certainty because he needs speed on in his races and he needs to be driven ice cold. Um, Soho Moonroker got home for, okay, for fourth. Interesting, the three horses that contested the lead early, the one, the four, the five, they finished last, second last and third last. Race number four, back over the mile. 
Um, and the short price favourite here was Bologna at two dollars fifty. It was for the mares. Meet me at the beach was slowing the score up, and Bologna fired off uh, fired off a middle draw to find the lead. Second fave, you take my breath away, was happy to let the leader go without a fight. And meet me at the beach balanced up and ended up three pegs. Part of Cheval and Poker Delight made up those. Uh, runners that were on the pegs. The running line was I'm Desirable, Classic Mix-Up, Solar Express, Soho Rhapsody and Teresa Love. Very slow through the first half, 28-4, then 29-6, but then Jack Trainer put his foot flat on the accelerator. 27-9 for the third quarter, and in that section, you took my breath away, or you take my breath away, uh, stopped, went in behind the leader and basically stopped everything on the pegs. The running line fanned as they swung, but the race was all over. Bologna got up the straight in 26-2, clocked 152.1. Behind the winner, Soho Rhapsody finished second. Solar Express was third. Winner won by 19 metres. Uh, Meet Me at the Beach finished sixth and didn't do a bad job once it got into the clear after being dragged back by the tiring horse. Uh, race five was the Hondo Grattan Stakes for the four-year-olds with spots in the Chariots of Fire up for grabs. The favourite was Don't Stop Dreaming at $1.28 off his run in the Hunter Cup behind Leap to Fame. He showed good speed off the gate but wasn't going to cross Captain's Knock, so looked for cover and got it from Rock and Roll Hammer. Took Rock and Roll Hammer probably 600 metres to get there. On the pegs, it was Captain's Knock, our Vinny. Uh, on deadline, Waratalu and Dangerous. Off the pegs, it was Rock and Roll Hammer, Don't Stop Dreaming, Better be the best, sooner the better, and Doug's platter. First two quarters were 27-3, 29-6. Hewitt got running in the third quarter. They ran 27 seconds. Rock and Roll Hammer was under pressure on the turn, but carried the favourite to the straight, where he launched from the 1-1 and let down very quickly. Those wider on the track, sooner the better, and Doug's platter rocketed home as well. Uh, they dropped a, a 26-6 quarter on the way home, so their splits would have been very, very good. 150.5 the mile rate, and it does look the logical favourite for the Chariots, but he did get the perfect run, and the middle draw was kind. Of the beaten horses, our Vinny grabs second off a soft draw. Captain's Knock seems to find one or two better in this very top grade. Sooner the better and Doug's Platter both get A-pluses for their performances. Uh, better be the best look plain. I ignored the trial run, but he raced up to that trial effort. Maybe he needed the run. I guess only time's going to tell. Uh, race six was for the fast-classed horses, and the favourite in the race was the Stanley-trained Rock and Roll Do It 215. I've mentioned the 2,300-metre races previously in this segment and how they tend to become single file, and occasionally when they don't, you don't want to be caught in the chair when they're going slow, and that's exactly what happened to Rock and Roll Do in the early stages. Bondi Lockdown and surprisingly Mac Da Vinci were driven hard at the start with Bondi Lockdown handing over to Mac Da Vinci. Uh, further back on the pegs was Malcolm's Rhythm, Double Encounter, Stingray Tara, The Croupier and Alter Orlando, while in the running line was Rock and Roll Do, Boots Electric and JOK. The time's really slow. Lead time in race three, earlier on in the night, 48.9. The lead time in this... For the fast-class horses, 50.6. Then Mac Da Vinci got away with a 30.8 and 30.3 for the first two quarters. Once that happened, you needed to be on the pegs because they were going to blow the lights out. They ran through the third quarter in 27.3. The favourite wasn't travelling like a winner, and the first two on the pegs slipped away. Mac Da Vinci looked to have the measure of Bondi lockdown, but over the final 200, Mac Da Vinci got a bit tired and drifted up the track, which was clearly evident on Sky's head-on footage. Bondi Lockdown dived but missed. There was a protest. Um, it was dismissed, so Mac Da Vinci held on to the race. Of the rest, Double Encounter ran a bottler, doing no work early. Malcolm's rhythm was brave after looking gone on the turn, and the croupier had traffic issues in the straight. Should have finished closer. Final quarter, 26-2. 
final half, 53-5 for the 2300. That's scorching. Race number seven was for the Trotters, and the favourite in the race was Constantinople at $3.20. Gunner galloped, as the starter said, go. And the speed was from out wide as Majestic Trio and Funky Monkey charged early with Funky Monkey getting down to the pegs in front of Majestic Trio. Uh, Constantinople was able to get three pegs, Sunny G behind it, and Affair to Cover was last on the pegs. The running line was Travel Bug, On Advice, Victory Hill and Scruffy Doolan. Um, they stayed in pretty much that order until they hit the straight. Quarters of 28, 30.8, 28.8. Turning for home, Funky Monkey dashed for home and Constantinople had to ease from three pegs to get around the cart of Majestic Trio. Once it got into the clear, it sprouted wings and was able to run down Funky Monkey in the shadows of the post. Huge win from Constantinople. Showed great speed once into the clear and looked a lot more fluent trotting this week. Uh, Funky Monkey second. Majestic Trio was third. Travel Bug was disappointing again. And Gunner caught them up and wasn't beaten all that far. I know Gunner isn't one of the star trotters competing in Sydney at the moment, but he's racing really well, and he'll play soon at big odds. Throw him in your trifectas and first fours every time he races on a Saturday night. Race eight, the favourite was Firefox at $2.80, who was having his first start for Seton Grimer and was having its first run since the atrial fibrillation in the Tony Turnbull free-for-all late last year. Gunned off a wide draw, led before handing over to Port-au-Prince. Most went to the peg, so it was Port-au-Prince, Firefox, give me a minute, Titian Raider, Danger Zone, Major Jealous, Joe Nien, with two runners off the pegs, Vanquish Stride and A Shark. 27-5 and 29-6 through the first half. And when they ran the third quarter in 28-3, um, Seton Grimer on Firefox came around Port-au-Prince as they looked to straight, and he didn't want to get caught in the pocket. Uh, Firefox hit top gear quickly, put a winning margin on them. Uh, Danger Zone had to ease to come around them. Um, and, and then tried to hit top gear. Took him a while to wind up. Finished third, but was probably the next best run in the race outside of the winner. Give me a minute. Finished second. Major Jealous was probing for a run on the inside and got fourth. Final quarter in the straight was 26-5. So an impressive dash up the straight. Stopped the clock in 151-9. and nine. Best win of the night. Don't stop dreaming for Mark and Nathan Purden. Driven a treat by Jack Callaghan. Um, deserves favouritism for the Chariots of Fire. And you'd have to think off his run... In the Hunter Cup, he's got the ability to go with the big boys if he won and qualified for the Miracle Mile. Best driver of the night? It's got to be Cam Hart on Carlo Gambino. He's going to make the driver look like a star when he wins because he has to be driven for luck. But it was another cracker from Cam and deserves the nod tonight. And best beaten performance of the night? Bondi lockdown. Hard to knock. Had the cold sit on Mac Da Vinci and only just missed in beating him. Interesting protest. The margin was only small. The final half was blistering. He powered late. He might be peaking at the right time with the big races a month away. So best beaten performance of the night, Bondi Lockdown. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Winning. Hey, that's pretty good. Winner. That was legitness. That I say, all right, all right, all right. Wow, winning. Bam. Just like that. That's all there is to it. That's, that's all there is to it. Well, both Mr. T and I got a winner last week. Mr. T got one from his two tips. I got one from my two tips last week. My total now is minus $62. His is minus 76. So firstly, his two tips. And with the fields out for Bathurst, not surprisingly, Mr. T has gone there. Uh, race one, number two, Leah Shannon for Team Bullock. Hasn't won a race since November, but has been very consistent of late. And Mr. T believes the horse can bounce back into the winner's circle. So that's race one, number two, Lee Shannon. 
And race two, number two, Snow Hunter, former Victorian that has joined the stable of Luke McCarthy. Jack Callaghan is down to drive for Luke. And from the good draw, Mr. T is expecting a strong performance for the new stable. Race two, number two, Snow Hunter. My two. Firstly, Menangle on Tuesday, race eight, number six, our Uncle Jim has been getting a lot of mentions in the Menangle Express recently. Floods home every week. He's not a horse to be tipping, really, with any great confidence because he needs things made to order. But if they run along in this race... He's going to take some stopping late. He will be charging home from the finish. We've just got to have some mid-race speed. Race 8, number 6, our Uncle Jim. And my other one is at Young. Race 1 on Tuesday, number 8, Heart by the Beach. Now, I tuned in to watch a few of the races at Young last Tuesday night. This is one pacer that simply should have won. Was bolting, and unfortunately, Glenn Wilmot waited a long time to take off. And when he did take off, he... Looks set to zoom straight past them, but unfortunately, he didn't get around the horse in front of him cleanly, and he galloped. Now, he was super fired up in that start. Hopefully, some of that fizz has gone being second up from a break. If he paces and races like he did last week, I think he's going to take some beating. So, race one, number eight, Heart by the Beach. They are my two tips for this week. A fantasy harness racing update. Round 11 was won by SBT with 728 points. Second was Chock Wedge and Mays, who both scored 719 points. Uh, Champo 71 was back in ninth with 704. The reason I mentioned Champo 71 is because he is still the overall leader. 8,242 points, 167 points clear of Manning 1990 with 8,075. And Mays is third on 8,029. I'm still hanging on to a spot in the top 100. I'm 79th overall, not a great week. Robbie Morris and Jack Callaghan would have been great captain options this week. Is Cam Hart the man to go with this week? Only time will tell. That just about wraps up the podcast for another week. Big thank you to my guests. Uh, Steve Turnbull is a legend. He deserves his place as a Clubman Angle legend. Well done, Steve, and thank you to Jack Callaghan for joining me to talk about Saturday night's racing at Manangle. Hope you have enjoyed the show. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Sunday Session. Don't forget the big Albury Carnival of Cups meeting on Friday night. I can't wait to get down there. Some great racing, some great music again, and it should be worth the trip down to the border. I'll speak to you again next week. 